Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Here we are. My name is Seth Cohen. I'm a urologist with City of Hope. I'm obviously a member of SUFU. We are very fortunate today to talk with uh, Team Cedars, Cedar sinai We've got some faculty from Cedar sinai We got uh, uh, Dr. Jennifer Anger, Dr. Karen Albert, and Dr. Victoria Scott, who are faculty on the fellowship, the FPMRS fellowship at Cedar sinai And we are here at SUFU 2020. We just want to get a chance to get to know them and the experience they have um, at their fellowship program. Good morning. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for having us. Sure. Of course. Of course. Well, why don't we get started? Dr. Anger, did you any introduction or what would you? So, yeah, uh, Dr. Eilber and I came together in 2010 mm-hmm. to be part of a new residency program at Cedar Sinai, and we had plans to start a fellowship. Once we were able to convince our uh, superiors at Cedar that our residents had ample female urology, we were able to get approval for an accredited fellowship. So um, we think our our program is unique for a few different reasons. We have a very um, broad uh, clinical uh, volume. We do male reconstruction, female reconstruction. We have a high volume of robotics. I think our fellow will attest that he has up to the um, has done 500 cases um, since, and it's February now. So we're excited wow, that yeah. he has very good volume. Sure. And I think where we also have some um, unique qualities is in our uh, research opportunities for fellows and also other trainees. Um, we have both clinical research from our own series. We have health services research, working with administrative databases, improving quality of care, uh, studying operative safety with robotic surgery, and then also basic science, including studies of the microbiome, as well as proteomics analysis um, through our partner, uh, Dr. Ackerman. Sure. And. Um, so the fellows really will have have a broad opportunity to conduct research in in bit, many different areas. That's awesome. Is it is it, how do you divide up the research and the experience? Is it a mostly is it kind of second year heavier or what do you what do you do for that? Yes. Yeah, so um, and we also we take a GYN or urology. So our urologists will do about eighty percent clinical the first year, mm-hmm. and then eighty percent research the second year. Um, that in includes basically a nine-month research block. And then they also have um, their rotation with a urogynecologist is at a public hospital. So it's like a one-on-one preceptorship program. They mm-hmm. do that one month out of each year. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And um, if it, their GYN matches, their second year is focused primarily on research with one clinical day. And then the first year and the third year are going to be their clinical heavy years. So you got some outstanding faculty. How do you decide? Is do, do the, does the does the fellow rotate with each of you at a time, or just an aggregate? Just kind of goes to cases in general. How does that kind of end up happening in your program? They've been. Um, they basically send us a list of the cases that they decide to do. So we have. Oh man, this is a very fellow friendly <laughs> program. This is fabulous. They, 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 let us, they let us know which cases they've assigned. This to the is great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listeners take note. Look at that. Wow. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, and that on, honestly has to do with the fact that as faculty, we're pretty busy. So, and the residents, I mean, and fellows, I think like divvying it up that way. Sure. Sure. And, um, and, and Karen, so what, what, what's your experience like on a typical week with a fellow? What's your, interaction 
you know, the the cases that the fellow chooses typically are dependent on the complexity of the case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously cases, you know, there's four attendings, there's sure. only one fellow. Right. So the cases that can really be done without a fellow are either assigned to a resident or if they're really small cases, because even the residents sometimes can't cover all our cases. So periodically, if you have a smaller case, you might even not you know, you might be by yourself, um, but the fellow will typically do like, you know, we have a block time for robotic cases. And then depending on if there's, you know, another robotic case to follow, fellow may come with me, you know, back to the office or whatever the schedule is. But it is nice because we typically have been getting about a two week heads up, you know, of what cases are assigned to. And so let's say that, it, you know, the fellow assigned the sling to the resident, but mm. then we look and we're like, actually, that's not a typical sling. There's going to mm. be urethrolysis. It's actually a Tolga sling, something else. Then we have plenty of time to ask for different help, either from the fellow themselves or to get a chief resident or a senior resident to help. So sure. that, that's been working out, I think, pretty well. Excellent. Very good. Very good. And now, obviously, Cedars is a huge hospital. So so most of this, if not all the clinical activities, is at Cedars, right? Or is there, you mentioned um, account, uh, another hospital environment for... Right. California Hospital Medical Center is our rotation where they have the Eurogyne preceptorship. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, we just started getting, uh, we developed a rotation at Marina Del Rey Hospital, which is a community hospital where the fellow will come with us to do cases. That's newer. That's a newer addition. Yeah, I'm sure. And probably a nice exposure to perhaps a little bit of a different environment. Yeah. They have, do they have robotics over at the hospital or is it? Okay, great. Very yeah, good. I think they actually have a newer robot at that other hospital. Yeah. Ex, ex, they got the SPE? They have a single port? No? Not yet. Not yet. Are they getting one? Yeah. Oh, wow. People are actually, actually, we have the XP. People are getting in-serviced yeah. on it now, I think. Seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, back to... Dr. Anger mentioning that some of the unique things also about this program are the institution itself is a very unique setting in that there are it's a, it's a foundation mm-hmm. so there are physicians that are 100% employed by the hospital yes and then there are physicians like ourselves who actually belong to a medical group who has sole contracts mm. with the hospital and then there are still physicians who are completely in private practice so the fellow actually spends time with all of those um, and I think it's also good that the fellow gets to go to their office because the way someone runs their office in private practice is extremely different than someone who actually is employed full-time by the hospital mm-hmm. versus you know our group, which truly is a hybrid of the two. Mm-hmm. So I think they get a very unique, not just clinical experience in terms of cases and you know, patients themselves, but how to run a practice. Sure. No, that's fabulous. Is the, and, and obviously the, there's not like a separate fellow clinic. They're always with a, uh, an attending working in that clinic if you're in a clinic or, or is there a separate fellow clinic? Um, we don't have like a county hospital kind of sure. setup, so there really isn't a separate fellow clinic. But honestly, until we have our second fellow, there just isn't enough time in the sure. day, I think, for the fellow to have their own clinic. Right. Sure. Sure. How's your experience been, Victoria? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, I made the long trek over from UCLA to Cedars about six months ago. <laughs> it's a lot of traffic. It's a lot of traffic. It was. It took six months yeah, to get here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I um, have been really well supported. Um, I've kind of benefited significantly from how busy the practice was before I started. So I'm already quite busy just from overflow patients. Obviously no one wants to come see me, but you know, <laughs> they're okay. like, that's not true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. When we started, no one wanted to see me either. That's just how it ro- it's a rollover. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been amazing opportunities to get involved in, in research already. Um, a lot of clinical 
studies already and enrolling patients um, and operatively to getting to work with the residents and the fellows. Sure. So where are the so where do the fellows live generally? I mean, LA is such a big city. Is it I mean the West LA area? I imagine or kind of where have you where have you found that? Yeah, I mean, then the residents most of them live like either West Hollywood or you know really close to the hospital. I think they actually the. Do you also get a the, the residents have some subsidy for housing, and the fellow also gets some, so that's very helpful because it's not a cheap place to sure, live. Yeah. Um, there's also some food subsidy, so our fellow often will buy our coffee. Just hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very nice. Um, it's probably really good coffee at Cedars too. It's like high level. It's probably high and level. And there's also um, moonlighting opportunities oh, okay. because ACGME does allow an accredited fellow to moonlight outside of their specialty training. So there is the, so the private group at Cedars um, does pay for the fellow to moonlight. General surgery also um, needs moonlighting. So it's, if the, if there is, you know, a desire, there is actually opportunity to make extra income. Great. Our fellow actually writes a lot of papers when he's on general surgery calls. So he's, so he's paid to write papers. <laughs> Not many fellowships can pay to write papers. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like separate grant funding. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's fabulous. Yeah. All right, you, very good. you know how like you're like a self-made millionaire, like you're, you're a self-funded like. <laughs> no, that's that's excellent. Very cool. Now, um, obviously, you're you know you've got a research machine. So do you have you have? I mean, how does it work? Is there a dedicated statistician for you guys, or do you does it shared with a cedar? group or how does the research kind of pan out? Yeah, Cedars provides statistical support. You just have to like apply for it and sure. it's automatically granted. And I've been working with the same statistician since 2010 when I got the hair. So it, that's a really nice um, opportunity for uh, trainees to get to work with the statistician. Is there any, are there any courses like graduate courses any of the fellows ever take or anything along those lines? Or, or We no? have a clinical scholars program. So mm-hmm. those who are interested, it's like a once weekly program. There's actually also a master's in health administration at Cedar sinai which they can, um, they can actually apply for and attend. It's, uh, it's a kind of a, in a, business sort of um, structure so they can do it nights and weekends if they want to get that specific master's. Very good. There's also, you know, we're very close to UCLA undergraduate and graduate campus. So if they wanted to get a master's in public health, that's actually an opportunity for them as well. Sure, sure. Do you think think the person that comes to train in the program should be necessarily academic or or motivated towards towards a private practice or all comers or kind of how do you see it evolving? Um, We, um, can I answer that? (laughs) <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I think. Well, no. I mean, I don't want to give the complete answer, but you know, one one response that I think has rung true for even our resident applicants is we like people at least who are academic curious. Okay, I don't. I don't. Even if someone goes into private practice, it does make them, I think, more marketable to have you know at least some academic experience under the belt. And the reality is, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Like you may have all intentions of going into academics and you just don't have that opportunity for a job and vice versa. The only job you may have is, you know, your your significant other wants to move someplace. The only place that's open is an you know, academic institution. And if you don't have any credibility, sure. they're not going to give you a job. So we want we would like to have some academic experience, which most urology residents have some anyway. And then, right, we like the academically curious. And then if not even academically driven on top of that is even better. Sure, sure. And we have, I mean, we just have so many resources for research that we we want to see a fellow who wants to take advantage of, of the opportunities. Because you really, the writing you do as a fellow is usually higher volume than you'll do when you're a full-time faculty. So, right. So um, we obviously want to be able to support research 
So, um, but of course, uh, we understand that life happens, and we never know what will, life will bring. So, sure. you know, of course, some people will probably go into private practice as well. How's the or how's the collaboration kind of with the colorectal teams and the minimally invasive gynecology teams over at Cedars, your institution? Are you guys work together commonly, uncommonly? Kind of how would you classify it? it it's great because we have. Um, colorectal surgeons who are interested in benign anal rectal disease, which you don't have sure. in most places. So we often do, actually, I think um, we have an abstract um, that, sh- uh, that we had um, uh, presented that actually showed uh, our series of dual robotic rectopexy, colpopexy yeah. cases. So we, yes. see we do a good amount of that. Excellent. And so it, that's a nice, um, you know, it's hard to find colorectal surgeons who are actually interested in benign disease. So that's actually. Really it's not just that, but they're also receptive to working with anybody. So, you know, Dr. Scott is our most senior partner, but one of the more senior colorectal surgeons <laughs> is totally happy doing a case with her. You know? sure. So I think that's also very important because even if we're supportive of each other, if you want to do collaborations with other specialties, they also have to be willing to work with any of us. Very good. So it is a, a, an unusual situation where we sort of serve as the urogynecologist at our hospital. Mm. So we do have a great relationship with our minimally invasive team. We have robotic and pure lap surgeons at Cedars. And um, the, our fellows, it's a special rotation at the public hospital with the urogynecologist at California Hospital. Sounds like a very good experience. And I think in addition to collaborating with colorectal surgery, we also reported on our experience with collaborating with gynoc because there's a fair number of women who have gynecologic oncology procedure and you know if she's having like her hysterectomy for her stage one endometrial cancer there's no reason she can't have her sling at the same time of course so definitely. we really try to the, the gynocs have been really good about trying to capture those and, co- and coordinate those so that the woman can have one surgery very good how's your sufu 2020 experience been good how, better than 2019. Better than every, 2019. Every year is better. Every year is an improvement. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. It's such a fat. I mean, it's a really awesome meeting. I mean, you know, obviously, it's uh, we benefited from the predecessors that have gone by, including including you guys. That you know, kind of helped. So, thank you for helping establish it. Is there is there something you look forward to every year when you come to these meetings in particular, or every every year is a, a year of discovery and finding out something new, or what do you like to do when you get to the Zufu meeting? Well, I was just about to say, I think every year it's a good meeting because. You know, we're we're a small, close group, and so you know, it's sometimes it's the only opportunity you have to catch up with some of your colleagues that are across the country, um, and it's it always it's always a good meeting, I think, and I think people always feel welcome, even you know, residents who come for the first time or fellows or new attendings. I think everyone kind of has the same feeling. I think. Yeah, I, I um, have definitely because I've become older, I've transitioned from being a presenter to having trainees present. And I love watching, there's nothing like going over a talk with a trainee and then having them present and watching them respond to questions. And it's, it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. No, that's fabulous. Well, I think, I think we've gotten some good in, in Victoria too, right? This is, you know, I know. Yeah. Sufu. Great. Yes. All right. Always, always an awesome. First Sufu is attending. Ooh, oh man. Oh man. That's many more to come. God willing. Yes. Hopefully. All right. Well, well, um, a real pleasure to talk with all of you. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Um, and, and it was, we, we appreciate you guys listening uh, to this podcast. Have a great afternoon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Sufu podcast. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter with our handle at SuFuOrg, where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch. And be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.